0: Well, welcome to The Exchange Online. My name is Hal Mayer. I am the pastor over young adults at Grace Family Church. And I'm just excited that you guys are here on a Tuesday night. Uh, We're getting to celebrate together during this time where it is just a little bit crazy. I got to be honest with you guys right now. Corona is, is, is one of those things where nobody really knows what's happening with it. But during this time, there's one thing that's apparently for sure. Uh, people don't understand Florida. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I got on a phone call uh, last week with my cousins who are across many different states. And there's a couple of things that they're amazed by and other things that they just can't understand. Ones that they can't understand is the fact that we opened up our beaches. That, that seems to be something that's making a lot of people very angry. But something they're amazed by is I love telling people that don't live in Florida that I live about five miles from Carol Baskin. Like I drive by her place, uh, the cat, big cat rescue all the time. And people are just like amazed that this person is there. And here's why people are amazed by this. You may not know this, but Tiger King is now the most watched documentary of all time. Of all time, Tiger King. That's why I feel like coronavirus has just changed things. When people say, you know, what's going to change after this, you know, what the new normal is going to be. I don't know, but we're going to live in a world where Tiger King is the number one watch documentary of all time. So I don't know what to do with that. We just kind of need to move on. Uh, (laughs) We are in our fourth week of going through the series the church has left the building we've been looking at the book of acts seeing what the early church has been doing how they've been reacting uh, to what's going on in their world Uh, they just had jesus uh he lived the perfect life he died on the cross he rose from the dead he visited more more than 500 of them to say hey i'm alive and because I'm alive, I want you to know that I've defeated death. And because of that, I need you to let everyone know about this. I need you to tell everybody the gospel, the good news, that I did this on purpose so that you could spend eternity in heaven with God the Father. He's like, all you got to do is you know, ask for forgiveness of your sins, believe that I did this, and God says we get to spend eternity with them. This is incredible news. This is something that they can't wait to say, but what does God what does Jesus say? He says, wait, right? They've got to wait for the Holy Spirit. So they gathered and they prayed and they unified just like we're doing right now. And then the Holy Spirit shows up. He shows up on the day what's called Pentecost, showed up like a mighty wind, came down and rested on the heads of the Christians like a flame of fire, like crazy time. All of a sudden, all the people that were Christians at the time, the 120 that were the church had the ability to speak in tongues in this way that everybody from other places could understand what they were saying. People who spoke other languages. It's like if I'm speaking right now and all of a sudden people who spoke Spanish and French and Italian could understand everything that I was saying. They had that ability, and so what you see now is this: is they're all expressing the gospel. You see Peter, who is kind of the one that's the, the one that's going to get the church going. He's considered, you know, the head pastor. I guess you could say of the church at this time. He's getting ready to give the first gospel message, the first gospel message that is empowered. By the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the first time that he gives the message about Jesus. But at the same time, it's going to be the first time he's done that while being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. The reason we need the Holy Spirit is because it's the Holy Spirit that can over, overcome boundaries. We saw it last week. It overcome, came the boundary of where people lived because they were all coming together. It came; it happened at just the right time. And it overcame the language Boundary. So what we're gonna see today is we're gonna see Peter start off in a message, but first off, he's kind of explaining what's happening and also making up for what people are saying. Says this in verse 14: says, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. You think he's about to say something profound, but this is what he says: He says, These people are not drunk. As some of you are assuming. Here's the reason why. You know they're not drunk. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. So we saw it last week at the end of what we were reading. Some people were amazed. Other people were saying, oh, they're just drunk. Peter gets up and says, hey guys, they're not drunk. It's much too early. It's 9 a.m. This excuse may work for them. Then it probably wouldn't have worked when I was in Gainesville. Uh, 9 a.m. does not mean any of that. I always heard, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, This may not work in some of your neighborhoods during COVID. (laughs) I know a lot of people just are trying to forget what's happening, but back then he goes, Hey guys, it's not possible. And here's the reason why, because at that time, normally they'd be in their morning prayers. They hadn't even eaten yet. He goes, guys, this is the time where we're normally praying. You know, this, they're not drunk. This is something that is much different. He goes, Here's what's going to happen. I need you to understand they're not drunk, but this is the reason this is happening, is because of this. And Peter goes into the first, what you would call, gospel message that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. He goes in in verse 16 and he says this. And notice, he starts off quoting from the Bible, quoting from a prophecy from Joel to help everybody understand what's going on right now. Says, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirits, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Says, I will cause wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth below blood and fire and the clouds of smoke, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what does Peter do? He goes, look, this is a very controversial time. Everybody's wondering what's going on. Even the Christians are going, this this is weird. Why are people talking in these different languages? Why is this all happening? Peter goes, you know what? I'm gonna bring some clarity to all of this. And the way he brings clarity is this, is he tells everybody, hey, this was already foretold in the Bible. This was already said to happen in the Bible. See, what the Holy Spirit does for us is it helps us understand the Bible. And then when things happen in our life, the Holy Spirit uses the Bible to help us understand what's going on. See, what Peter's doing here is very, very important. He's using the Bible to interpret his experience. He's not allowing his experience to interpret the Bible. Please understand this exchange. Get this. Because in life we do this the wrong way so many times. We don't interpret the Bible through our experiences. We allow the Bible to interpret our experiences. We don't let our experience go, oh, well, this must, must be what the Bible says. No, we allow the Bible to tell us what our experiences mean. Why? Because we live in a confusing world with a distorted perspective. So many times I hear people have certain situations happen and what they're doing is absolutely against the Bible or different from the Bible, but they're going, no, this happened after I prayed, so this must mean what God wants. And that's not true at all. Peter's going, hey guys, I want to remind you, the Bible told us this was going to happen. According to the Bible, this was what was going to happen and this is actually our new norm. Peter explains what's happening so that they don't misunderstand it. And let me help you understand this. This is why this is so important right now. Because I hear people all the time, you know, who want to bash Christianity or people who are crazy Christians talk about how COVID-19, how Corona is God's wrath on the world. Or how Corona is something God says, this is the end of days or whatever it may be. Understand this. This is us taking our experiences to interpret the Bible. This is us looking for something. First off, what was the last time God judged the world? It was with the flood. What did he say he would never do again? Judge the world that way. Look, just because something happens, every time a hurricane comes through or every time a virus happens, it doesn't mean that God's judging the world. And we can't look and go, well, it happened before in the Old Testament and that means it's happening now. No, what we do is we look to the Bible and we see Jesus is all about grace and love. Which is different from the Old Testament God, which was the idea that if you do what I say, I will bless you. But if you don't do what I say, then there will be trouble. When Jesus came, he changed all of that. He said it will be grace. So this idea that God is punishing the world for what's going on is not true at all. That would be the idea of letting our experiences define the Bible. See, Peter then at that point, he goes into storytelling mode and he actually starts telling about the life of Jesus. He says, you know, this is what Jesus did. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose three days later. What is he doing? He's sharing the gospel. And understand this exchange. This may sound weird to some of you, but this is what I've seen many times. The gospel without Jesus isn't the gospel. And here's why. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The entire Bible leads up to Jesus. As soon as Jesus leaves, it's all about what we do because of Jesus. The gospel and everything in it is about Jesus. Why do I say that? Because many times we get focused on a gospel that leaves Jesus out. Leaves out what he said. Leaves out some of the parts of him. And we just get focused on this idea that God is just love. It's it's amazing to me how people just focus on, oh, God is love and God is these things. But they forget that Jesus said many things that goes against what people are trying to say God is right now. Because Jesus said many things that were controversial. It's the reason why there's times where people go, hey, you can talk about God's love, but you can't talk about Jesus. I had this experience. I, I showed up at one of my friend's wedding, weddings about five minutes before it was about to start. We had to travel. It was on a Sunday. So we had to travel uh, from Tampa down to South Florida. Showed up literally five minutes before it was going to start. We drive up. They look at me and they say, hey, Hal, um, want to do the wedding? It's like, seriously? They're like, yeah, do you want to do the wedding? I was like, what do you mean? That, well, the pastor didn't show up. We don't have anybody to do it. We need you to do the wedding said, fine, I'll, I guess I can do it. I had the Bible app on my phone. That's about all I had, and I had to figure out how to do it. Well, I was meeting beforehand, and one of the moms who was Jewish said this. She goes, you can use the word God all you want, but you can't use the word Jesus. I said, well, I can't, I can't say that's going to happen. I can't, why, why can't I use the word Jesus? Well, to us, that's That's blasphemy. That's something that's against us. And I understand that's what it is. But what's interesting is this, is she was okay with me using the word God, but not Jesus. Guys, I want you to understand this. Many times people will be okay with ideals of Christianity. The idea that we should love others, help the poor, do all these kind of things. But when it comes to Jesus, many times people get uncomfortable. But I need you to understand, without Jesus, the gospel does not exist. See, the Holy Spirit will always lead us to talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always lead us to tell others the hard truth in this. And this is the reason why sometimes people have a hard time telling the gospel. It's because of this. Guys, get this. The gospel, even though we don't understand why it's this way sometimes as Christians, the gospel is confrontational. Okay? The gospel is confrontational. Confrontational. What Jesus said was confrontational. Peter is about to be incredibly confrontational with his crowd because he just told them how great Jesus was. They're sitting there going, This is amazing. We love Jesus. And then Peter drops a truth bomb on them in verse 36. He says, This says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be Lord. And Messiah they're all excited about Jesus then all of a sudden Jesus Peter goes hey you know that Jesus you think is so amazing you know that Jesus that you're thrilled with well his blood is on your hands his blood is on your hands he just dropped the bomb right he he just wanted them to understand what was going on he just wanted them to see that the perfect form of God came to this earth and our natural reaction was to not just reject it, but to kill him. Because I need you to see that. I need you to understand that because I want you to fully know that your way of thinking, your way of acting is wrong. The way you got from here to there is wrong. Every part about it is wrong. You need to change all of that. The only person who can change that, the only person who can change your heart is Jesus. Does that mean that when we're telling non-Christians about Jesus, we need to say, hey, um, just to let you know, you killed him too. No, that's not what I'm saying. This This is what was perfect for this crowd. And really, as Christians, I think sometimes we do need to sit back and understand that our sin was the reason Jesus had to die. But when you look at the gospel in and of itself, it's confrontational from the beginning. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. When Jesus says, I am the only way, guys, that's confrontational. People don't want to believe that. When Jesus said, you are sinful, you need to repent. What you've done in your life is wrong. That's confrontational. People don't want to hear that the choices they made are wrong. Because what we want to believe is they were right for me. When Jesus says, I have a better plan for your life. People don't want to hear that. That's confrontational. Because people want to believe that I am the one that has the best plan for my life. And no one can tell me different. Please understand this exchange you will never get around the idea that Jesus and the gospel is confrontational. Here's the reason why it must be confrontational because it requires an entire heart change for people to accept it. It's not just that we have this idea, oh, Jesus is great, Jesus is wonderful and then go on with our lives. The entire idea of Jesus is that everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we are about in and of its core is not right if Jesus is not a part of it. See, the gospel is confrontational. It tells us that every part of our being needs Jesus. But understand this, it may be confrontational, but when the Holy Spirit empowers the gospel, hearts are changed. When the Holy Spirit empowers the gospel, hearts are changed. Many times we're afraid of saying the hard thing sometimes, but when we have the power of the Holy Spirit behind us, he is the one that goes before us and softens the heart and changes the heart so that that confrontation actually lands in a way that people understand it. See, they just got the wind knocked out of them. They just got the wind knocked out of them because they were told they were a part of Jesus' death. But what they wanted to understand and what Peter wanted them to get is I don't want to knock the wind out of you so that you sit in a place of guilt. I'm knocking the wind out of you so that you understand what needs to happen. And Jesus has given you a way to move forward that's totally different. See, Jesus doesn't want us to sit in guilt. So many times people think, oh, Christianity is just about you pointing out all the things that you've done wrong and I've done this and I've done that and I've got to sit here and feel bad about it. That's never been a part of Jesus. Please understand this exchange. Jesus is about conviction, which is this. Yes, what you've done is wrong and I understand what I've done is wrong, but I have a way out, and I have a better way, and I don't want you to sit there anymore. In fact, I want you to walk with me right now into something better. It's different. Guilt sits there in shame. Conviction has a way forward. Jesus said, yes, you know what? Peter's saying this right now. He goes, yes, you killed Jesus, but he doesn't want you to sit there feeling guilty about it. He wants you to repent and move forward. So how do we move past this. Verse 37. This is what Peter calls us to do. What God is ultimately calling us to do. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to each other, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from your crooked ways. What does Peter say is the answer from that state, repentance and baptism. Now, I want to focus on both of those real quick. The first one, repentance, is something we do not just in the beginning of our Christian walk, but is something that we choose to do every day. And repentance is not just going, yeah, I guess I was wrong. Here's what repentance is. Repentance is realizing that we're wrong, admitting it. Repentance is regretting our sin, not feeling guilt, but regret, understanding what I did was wrong and I caused harm because of that. And then choosing to turn from our sin towards God. See, true repentance is going, I'm going to do my best on my side and I'm going to have the power of the Holy Spirit to turn from what I continue to do and move towards God. See, Peter says, if you repent, then that's where Jesus is. If you repent, that's where God is. Now, this is something we continue to do, but the first time we do it is what helps us become a Christian. It's that repentance and belief together that causes us to become a Christian. Now, what you see there is many times you can look at baptism, and this is where people can get confused and think, oh, it's repentance and baptism. I want to just take a second and explain baptism. Baptism is not what saves you. It's not. Sometimes, many times you see it in the same uh, sentence or the same set of uh, words where you see repentance and becoming a Christian and also baptism. But baptism is not what saves you. Baptism is your first act of obedience after becoming a Christian. It's It's that thing where it's the wedding ring of faith. It's where you're telling everybody, hey guys, guess what? I have decided to be a Christ follower. Now you, everyone in this church, you keep me accountable. Now understand this too. I don't want you to think less of baptism. Baptism is not something that you decide on you know, well, my life is not something, you know, I don't really want to get baptized right now. The moment you become a Christian, you're supposed to be baptized. In fact, when you look at the Bible, you don't see a time where someone decided, okay, I became a Christian, but I'm not going to become baptized. So let me just say this. If you've been a, if you become a Christian and you have yet to be baptized, the next time we open up our services, when Corona and everything ends, and we have a baptism Sunday, please get baptized. Please get baptized. That's something that we all are called to do. And some of you are sitting there going, but wait, I was baptized when I was a kid, maybe in the Catholic church or something like that. Let me help you understand this. That is not the same thing that we're talking about here. See, true baptism only happens after you become a Christian. As a baby, you couldn't make that decision. In fact, really, infant baptism is more about your parents' decision to raise you in a godly home than it is about your decision to follow God. But what does Peter say? He goes, hey... You need to repent. You need to get baptized. You need to turn from what you've done. On your hands is Jesus' blood. That's a lot, right? That's a harsh message. I feel like today, if we had that exact message in front of just a crowd of people, people would reject it. But what do we see happening in Acts 2.41? It says, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. 3,000. The church goes from 120 to 3,120. How does that miracle happen? It's the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now you get, you're sitting there you're going, well, I've, I've shared the gospel before. I've never had 3,000 people come forward. Look, that's not your job. That's not my job. My job is to share the gospel. My job is to tell people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to change their heart. And just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. And just because you haven't seen them say it doesn't mean their heart hasn't changed. Let me just say this for you sitting there. Some of you right now, you have yet to make that decision in your life. It's not something that, that just happens truly, I believe, in just a moment, but it's here's what it is it's realizing Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose three days later. It's believing that, believing he's the only way to God, and repenting from our sin. Saying, what I've done to this point is wrong. I realize that. I want to follow God. Sometimes people. It's in a prayer. Sometimes it's just in reading the Bible or just in a time of reflection. Right now, what I would like to do is I'm going to say a prayer out loud. If right now you would like to become a Christian, start that relationship, I'm going to say it out loud. And you can say it right now, right behind your computer, right behind your screen, wherever you may be at right now. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I believe he died and he rose three days later. Today, I'm repenting of my sin. Today, I'm putting you first. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for walking with me from this point forward. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Man, if you made that decision today, we would love to know that. That's the most important decision that you can make. It's not the last decision, but it's the one that literally decides where you're going to spend eternity and what your future is and what your purpose is from this point out. As there's so much that's going on right now. I would just like to go ahead right now and just pray for all of us in this moment as we focus on what the Holy Spirit can do when we share the gospel. God, I thank you so much for who you are, God. I thank you that you're a God that uses us in incredible ways. God, I pray that you would give us opportunities even in this time of quarantine to share the gospel with others. God, we know you only need us to share the gospel. You're the one that brings the power. God, I pray that we would not be afraid of speaking the truth. God, I pray that we would not be afraid of talking about Jesus and the things that he said. God, I pray that you would empower us to be blunt and honest in the way that you want us to and to allow you to do the heart work. God, I pray it's not just something that we do just to get it out. It's also a part of the fact that we love those people very much and we care for them. Very much. And we will love them and care for them whether or not they make that decision in that moment. God, I thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing right now. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, do not leave. I got a couple announcements for you, including one that's kind of new, unless you were on our Instagram live uh, feed this last week. Here's what's going on we're doing something called Blind Date COVID or Corona Edition. Uh, People have asked us this so many times, Chrissy and I, over the years. They've asked, hey, why can't you uh, just do like this blind date thing where you set people up? And we've always been, you know, hesitant of it. Well, given the situation that we're in right now, we decide why not? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up some people, one couple a week on a blind date, a blind date on Zoom uh, we're going to get Uber Eats for them, and then we're also going to set up a Netflix watch party for them. Now, you're sitting there going, well, you had me at Uber Eats. I understand. Some of you just want a free meal. How do you become a part of this? Well, first off, if you, you can look up, and I'm trying to figure out which way it would be. I think it's this way, this side. Uh, there is a, there's links at the top of the page, and you can see their blind date click on that or go to our instagram page and click on the link there you can see a uh, profile that you have to fill out it's a bunch of questions the first 9 are very more serious questions after that it's a lot more fun questions but i'll be honest i think i'm going to learn more about you by what you know house you pick um in hogwarts than you know what you say your passions are i'm not really sure But that's going to be going on. Here's what's going to happen this next Friday. We're going to be doing our Friday Night Live. We'll be talking more about this and about the people that we picked to go on that first date. So if you want to be a part of that uh, because you're looking for someone, if you want to be a part of that just because you want some free Uber Eats, either way, go ahead, fill that out. Get that done quick because we've got to get uh, all of that situated by Friday night. Uh, much more serious announcement. We've got a couple things going on at Grace and ways that you can give back. The first one is this um, tomorrow, Wednesday, from 11 to 2 in all campuses that you have the opportunity to drop off donations, any um, non-perishable food and masks is what they're looking for also. Um, If you have the ability to drop off non-perishable food and masks, the masks are going to frontline people, uh, nurses and those in the healthcare industry. If you don't have masks, but you wanna learn how to make masks, you can go to gfconline.com backslash face mask. There you will see a simple tutorial on how to sew a mask and put some stuff together so that we can get it. I believe this is going to be happening on a weekly basis on Wednesdays. So if you could, 11 to 2 on Wednesdays, any campus, you can drop off non perishable items that are going to be given out to those in need and also making face masks. Also, there are small groups after this message 813 345 2594. You've seen it on the screen, it'll be on the screen afterwards. Text. Uh, text groups plus your name and you can get in one. The last one of course you've seen the devotional that we've been doing the Bible Project Luke and Acts. I strongly recommend. You guys have heard me talk about this every single week. This is a great devotional where you get to learn the full background of Jesus in the early church. Uh, You can see the link there on our page to get more involved with that. Guys, love you. Uh, Can't wait to see you Friday night to talk about all the different dating apps that we've gotten. Um, I promise that we will not include any names. Your app will not be thrown out there or anything like that. But I'm looking forward to that and also next Tuesday where we meet again. Love you guys.